Hello and welcome to Dare to Know, interviews with quality and reliability thought leaders. I'm Tim Rogers, and today I'm very pleased to welcome back Bob Latino. Robert Latino is the CEO of Reliability Center, which is a 46-year-old reliability consulting firm specializing in improving equipment, process, and human reliability. Bob is an internationally recognized author, trainer, software developer, and practitioner of best practices in the field of reliability engineering with a specialty in root cause analysis. He's facilitated RCA and FMEA analyses with his clients around the world for over 33 years and has taught over 10,000 students in the PROACT methodology. Bob is the author or co-author of five books related to reliability, FMEA, Human Error Reduction, and RCA. The fifth edition of Root Cause Analysis, Improving Performance for Bottom Line Results, is now available from CRC Press. Bob Latino, welcome and thanks for joining us again. Well, thanks for having me again, Tim. I really enjoyed the last time, and uh, here we are a couple of years later, and uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of updates we get. All right. So, Bob, I know you're on the fifth edition of your book, but what I'd really like to ask you about is this new Easy RCA software so- solution. Can you tell us a little bit more about Easy RCA? Sure. Uh, and thanks for the platform to uh, to go ahead and c- kind of clarify because it's kind of a unique thing. The the, the reason uh, that we're doing this is that e- Easy RCA is an agnostic or neutral RCA solution. While we have had the Proact proprietary brand of RCA for uh, a long time, decades, uh, you know, we, we realized over a period of time that uh, our, our our user base is typically a sophisticated user base. Uh, they use uh, most of the features that we have in the program, which is uh, enterprise class. And we did some market research. We did a lot of market research, as a matter of fact. And we, we found out that, you know, uh, there's, there's a hell of a lot more people out there that are using other things than Proact uh, that don't have tools to do however they're doing their RCA. So we saw this as a, as a as a business opportunity, and it's kind of a, a strategic shift, a business shift for us to be able to look at, you know, most of the time, as, as, as other businesses do, is that, you know, we, we want to sell our brand of RCA, and that would require people conforming to the way we do RCA. Well, this was a mental shift in uh, reaching out to the people who don't do RCA the way that we do it and providing them a tool that will make however they do RCA better and easier. So uh, Easy RCA was a uh, shift in that direction that it, it doesn't matter whether you're doing five Ys or fish bones or causal factor trees, because, you know, when, when, if you're, especially if you're using cause and effect type of expressions, uh, then, you know, it's blocks and lines. And as uh, people uh, get sick of me talking about it, is say uh, any analysis uh, methodology is only as good as the analyst who's uh, facilitating it. Sure. So in this case, you know, what we said was we're, we're going to provide an astoundingly easy tool to go ahead and be able to provide these people something that, you know, is not going to be in Excel and PowerPoint and, you know, it's scattered all over the earth uh, and not talking to each other in a database. 
So uh, we, we uh, created, after a lot of market research, uh, Easy RCA, and the, the requirements, uh, it's interesting because we were saying, well, who are we really competing with? Right. And, and we're really competing with craft paper and Post-its. <laughs> and, and, and that's, uh, you know, while it, it seems like it's semantics, it, it really isn't because uh, and anybody who's been doing this for decades, or, you know, a long time, is going to uh, recognize that uh, you're, we've all been in these conference rooms <laughs> and we've all been had uh, craft paper on the wall and doing these post-its. And then, you know, some, sure. poor, soul, some poor soul after this <laughs> has to go in and transcribe that into some other program, uh, you know, say, say it's PowerPoint or say it's Visio, And then, you know, those flat files don't talk to each other. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we saw this as an opportunity. and. Uh, another requirement on this was that it uh, had to be so intuitive that there would be no training required. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of the fact uh, uh, in the development, and you know, our really bright guys that do that stuff is that uh, you know, you, you shouldn't be. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this on your show. You shouldn't be doing RCA if you can't use this tool. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is just that simple and intuitive, and uh, you know we we had always wanted it to be that way, and uh, I think uh, we hit the nail on the head. Well, we'll, we'll provide uh, we'll provide a link in the show notes uh, so folks can take a look at it and judge for themselves. But I think the name speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and again, you can use five Ys, you can use fish bones in there, you can use any variation of those or uh, trees. Uh, again, uh, it's not. Uh, we're not in the position to be judging the way that people do their RCAs. We're just providing something that will make how they do them uh, better and easier. So, Bob, let me shift gears on you for a minute. But back in in August of this year, you wrote a post on your reliability.com blog called "Defining Root Cause Analysis." Uh, I guess I was a little surprised when I saw that title. Have we not figured out what root cause analysis is by now? We have not. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, even if I, Tim, if I was going to ask you and say, well, why don't you define RCA? What, what does RCA mean to you? Boy, that's a great question. You know, I think I know it when I see it, but it's uh, I'm not sure that I could do a very good job providing a definition. I mean, you know, I, what, what I see is a lot of people who, 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 uh, who look for something superficial. You know, they try to fix, they're so eager to fix whatever's, whatever's wrong that they don't dig, dig deep enough. I mean, they, they don't understand the root part of root cause analysis. Yeah, and, and uh, ironically enough, I do a lot of uh, presentations, and I think it's just because of the title, to be honest, but it's root cause analysis versus shallow cause analysis. What's the yeah. difference? And, uh, you, know, you know, the what people call RCA will range anywhere from, you know, extensive aircraft investigations uh, down to a five whys uh, analysis down to a bar napkin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where we, we, we just we just uh, take a pen and we ink it out. So the, the variation in what people call RCA, no matter what problem solving tool they're using, they'll, they'll call it RCA. And uh, that, that's even made uh, more confusing by all of the different regulatory definitions of RCA that are out there to pick from. 
whether it's uh, DOE or EPA or FDA, you know, everybody's got their own. And uh, it, it makes it difficult for those people getting into this business to understand exactly what it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I got 35, 36. Well, I'll just go with your number of years <laughs> yeah. in, in, in this business. And uh, do, do you mind if I go ahead and, and from that article that you were uh, referencing, can I, can I just say my definition? Yeah, of course. Okay. And, and this is going to be uh, terribly intimidating and will probably, probably push people away from RCA, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify when I'm done. Let's hope it's not. The, it's the establishing of logically complete, evidence-based, tightly coupled chains of factors from the least acceptable consequences to the deepest significant underlying causes. Now, that, that's a mouthful, and it's scary, and it says, well, that, damn, that's pretty complex. I don't want to do that stuff. <laughs> so uh, if, I if I break it down by keywords, and I say, what does logically complete mean? Right. I it's simply the difference between asking how could and why. If I ask you uh, how could a crime occur, Right. Versus why a crime occurs, your answers are very different. So, Good point. so when you're asking how could, you're looking for all of the possibilities. Whereas when you're getting into why, uh, that, you know, that's more human reasoning, and that that, that deals with uh, when you get to a decision maker. I don't want to. I don't want to ask how could they have said uh, done that. I want to know why they did it. Yeah. So the how could question is uh, actually much, much more appropriate when you're dealing with the, the exploration of the physics of failure. And then when you get down to that human decision maker, then you're going to be starting get, uh, to explore the reasoning. And then, then I want to know why someone did it. You know, wh where were the conditions at that time? Right. And then, and then you have evidence based. Simply put, uh, I don't consider it as RCA it could be, uh, if you're using hearsay to fly as fact. Boy, I agree with that. I think this is the one place where a lot of RCA breaks down is it's not evidence-based. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and for, for good or for evil, you know, a lot of people, uh, whenever you're time pressured to do anything, you take shortcuts. And if I'm time pressured to do my RCAs, the, the thing that takes the most time in an RCA is going to be evidence collection. So we will we will expense that uh, evidence collection uh, because we are pressured to come up with an answer, not the right answers. Good point. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, the key word, and that is tightly coupled, and that's a, that's an odd combination. But you know this this makes the case for cause and effect relationships as opposed to cause categories and brainstorming. You know, so some some approaches will say you know we have man, we have machine, we have methods. Right. And then we will we will brainstorm within a category, but there is no uh, cause and effect relationship showing a, a correlation between them. It's just that we think in these categories that uh, these things happen, but we, right. we don't have a sequence. And the least acceptable consequences are going to be the uh, what, what are the triggers that make an, uh, us do an RCA? I mean, that's a least acceptable consequence. And typically in our organizations, the consequences are relatively high because uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do an RCA unless somebody's hurt. It costs a lot, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars or this much of production. Right. Uh, so, and, and that's not even 
Well, I could go roll, rolling on and on with this, Tim, because uh, <laughs> that, that, that's when we're doing uh, RCAs on singular events. But to me, the if you uh, your real money is not in those events because they're typically one-offs, is that if you look at the chronic failures and you do a simple calculation of uh, frequency per year times impact per occurrence, you'll find out that uh, most of those chronic things, uh, when you when you annualize their cost, far outweigh the cost of that one-off. Sure. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you, when you factor in lost production, labor, and materials into, uh, and then it's happening, you know, 100 times a year, uh, those little things ain't little no more. You know, we, we never seem to have time to do it right. Uh, I've forgotten how that quote goes. There's plenty of time to do it. Um, but to we do have it time wrong. to do it again. Time to do it right, right? So, you know, it just doesn't seem like folks are willing to put the time in to really do a thorough job. And, we, and then we have to come back and do it again. Well, and that should be a leading indicator for the effectiveness of an RCA program uh, is that, you know, how many times are we doing the RCAs over and over again? The same one. Well, it sounds I it, it's a very good, very good blog post. Uh, I really recommend folks check that out on the reliability.com uh, blog. Uh, but, Bob, you've been a, a very vocal uh, uh, proponent for more c- collaboration between the reliability engineering community and the safety engineering community. I mean, you've made the point that reliable systems are not necessarily safe and safe systems are not necessarily reliable. How are things going between the reliability community and the safety community these days? Well, you know, I I guess it's it's inherently, if, if you're an investigator, your, your obligation is to understand both sides. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I spent a couple years uh, trying to understand how the safety community views the reliability community and, uh, and why. Uh, because the, the safety community, uh, I don't know what that noise was. The, the safety community, I, I found when, when they're talking about uh, reliability, that uh, uh, I would say a great deal of them. Uh, a great deal of them see reliability as a component, a component-based property. Is that we're part, we're parts fixers. Right. You know, we're, we're we're people that deal with parts. Now, my my organization came. Uh, you know, it's nearly fifty years old, and it it was established as a research and development group in a company called Allied Chemical, which is uh, Honeywell today. Right. And, and they had started uh, transitioning the reliability pr- principles from aviation into heavy industry, the, the chemical industry in that case. And, and this is 50 years ago. But the, the focus of our research was around equipment, process, and human reliability. And I was fighting tooth and uh, <laughs> it, it was just amazing that, that, because I would talk with these uh, prominent safety folks. And everybody's, uh, you know, uh, well-intentioned. You know, there, there's no evil or animosity. It's, no, there's, no, just no. Mis- there's just misunderstandings. And when you, when I would hear about how they would describe reliability, and uh, it was, you know, that, that, that predominantly we deal with mechanical and electrical things. And I says, well, I says, from a holistic standpoint, uh, there, I guess there are people that will say their vibration program is, is their reliability program. But the predominance of people that I deal with 
they, they view it holistically and that, you know, process reliability is included and especially human reliability. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the way that they were characterizing uh, RCA was very narrow. Right. And, uh, and one of them, uh, I'll tell you, know, his name was uh, Gareth Locke. And, uh, and he's given me permission. And, and we, uh, I wrote a paper on it with his permission. He, he put me in my place because uh, <laughs> I was wondering where he gets that impression. And, and damn, if he didn't bring up uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> and Wikipedia's definition was right down the line of uh, making reliability engineering look mechanical. Yeah. So then I went to my friends at SMRP and I said, I think we got a public relations problem. <laughs> I think we need to fix this. You know, Bob, reliability engineers are generally pretty good at the physics and the engineering, but they're not so good at the social sciences and working with people and working with on business process improvement. What 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 what, what can we do to uh, help reliability engineers look at the system as, as a whole? Well, you know, from my, again, my purest view of RCA, the the root systems sequentially would look like, you know, when when a failure occurs and a process is shut down or, you know, whatever the undesirable outcome is, there's certain observable physics of the failure. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll get down past the bearing, we'll get down past the fatigue, we'll get down past the thermal side of the fatigue, but eventually you're going to hit a human. So uh, there, there's a human decision maker involved. That it was either error of omission or commission, but humans trigger these things. And then uh, beneath the human, you know, if you stop at RCA and you use it as a weapon to blame people, then you're not you're not going to be doing RCA long because nobody's going to participate in your program. Good point. Uh, you have to understand that uh, as a as a uh, RCA investigator is that your, your sole purpose, uh, the, the humans are not the causes, the humans are the victims of the systems. So what we want to do is go in and understand why that person that day felt the decision they made was the right one. That, that's where these, the questioning switches from the how can and the physics side to on that day, why did you think that that was the right thing to do? I mean, these people, uh, these decision makers, they get their paycheck from this place. This is how they feed their family. They, they yeah. don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to go really screw up the system today. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Bob. I don't think people are deliberately trying to sabotage their their companies. They're doing the best they can. I think it was uh, Duran or Deming, I'm not sure which, who estimated that uh, 85% of the problems that we encounter are because of processes, not because of people. Yeah, I think it probably is even even higher with that. It's interesting, and, and I, I this is a variation of a quote, and I can't remember where I got it from. But uh, we we tend to judge other people's decisions based on the out, their outcomes, but we prefer to be judged uh, by on our decisions by our intent. <laughs> and from from an from an RCA standpoint, the the entire purpose of doing the RCA is un, to understand the intent of the decision. And uh, if we are if we are good at that and we accomplish that, we will understand that uh, it was either uh, it was flawed uh, management systems, organizational systems like our, our training systems were not never updated. We implemented new technologies and we didn't uh, implement the uh, associated uh, procedures to do that. We uh, you know, I see all the time where we have uh, 
defects that are introduced into the system by uh, uh, defective parts. And then you start to find out that, you know, purchasing people are getting bonuses for uh, reducing costs while maintenance costs are skyrocketing. (laughs) You know, where, where is that correlation? It's not a very good holistic view of cost. So, so if if you just grab onto that concept of physical roots, human roots, and latent roots, I mean that that's a, a systemic view of uh, you know why things go wrong. And uh, I think that if we, uh, you know, and a lot of people unfortunately only use RCA for uh, the reactive side when we talked about triggers earlier. But uh, I would really, it would be a key indicator to me of a progressive organization. Uh, if you were tracking the number of RCAs that you're doing that are proactive versus reactive. Right. And, and the proactive ones would be focusing on the chronic failures that don't hit triggers on their individual impacts. The, the near misses with, uh, you know, that have high, uh, that had a high severity risk. And uh, all of these organizations that regulatorily wise have to do uh, risk assessments, you know, FMEA type assessments, say uh, there's no reason you can't do an RCA on uh, unacceptable risks. You know, why sure. are the risks so high? And then if, we, if, we, if we're really good at that kind of thing, at doing RCAs on risks, then we should avoid the consequences and not have to do RCAs on, uh, reactively. You sound like you sound like fire prevention instead of firefighting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the goal is not to become a better first responder. The goal is to figure out, say, well, why am I responding at all? Good point, Bob. This has been great. Thanks so much for being with us again today. Oh, I, I appreciate the time and uh, let me blather on. <laughs> well, hope to have you back again sometime. Okay, thank you, Tim. That was Bob Latino, CEO of the Reliability Center. To learn more about the training programs at the Reliability Center, go to www.reliability.com. We'll post some of the links to some of Bob's articles on the show notes for this recording. This is Tim Rogers. Thanks for joining us.